Hey, I'm Sarah and welcome to Diary of a Dance Teacher. Just a little bit about the podcast. I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic to help my students to stay connected. So the podcast has now grown and I hope it is reaching people of all ages and all interests. As hopefully this is not only helping my students, but teachers and performers, mums, dads, grannies and whoever else is listening. I discuss topics such as meditation and its benefits, how to stay calm and deal with uncertainty. We talk about our well-being and how to look after our minds, bodies and focusing on our own self, over comparing ourselves to other people. The podcast has moved forward in series three to really create awareness for all topics that we should all learn about. A couple of topics that we discuss are veganism, nutrition, self-care, periods, sexuality and much, much more. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening and please subscribe. So hi, Mary. How are you? Hi there. I'm doing so well, Sarah. Thank you for having me. It's so lovely to finally meet you. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) And as we were just discussing, um, it's really nice. Well, not obviously that a pandemic has happened, but... (laughs) Everything that you receive from this pandemic, for example, I found your podcast and now we're doing this, um, you know, we're hopefully going to help a lot of people get into meditation and sort of wake up that side to themselves. Because I think kids are scared of meditation and maybe it's, they don't want to get into their minds too much with everything because everyone's got a busy mind, but it's not as complicated as you think, is it meditation? Not at all. No, it's um, really just a way to ease into your lifestyle, some kind of inner stillness. And that can be at any level you want. I started um, meditating simply by sitting down and having a cup of tea. I didn't meditate for a few years. I just needed to slow down. I worked in Tokyo, um, in you know downtown Tokyo, in a company. It was really busy, but they would have these tea breaks, and I would sit down and have tea. And people, some people would meditate, or they'd just close their eyes and relax. And we had three tea breaks throughout the day. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm just going to get all my work done during the breaks. And I was the only one who was doing that. I was the only foreigner in the company. And people would look at me like I was crazy. And I realized that um, I was actually less productive than they were, even though I was working through my breaks. And I started to think, wow, how does everything just like after their little breaks, you know, their little tea breaks, they just like kind of boom, they have this clarity, they sit down, they do all these things. And so I started to slow down. And um, one of my taglines is give yourself permission to slow down, because that's what I had to do. I had to just finally give myself this permission. And then when I started doing it, over time, it, t- it took me a while. Um, it's more mainstream now um, in the Western world to meditate, but I just you just want more. So you just start somewhere, even just sitting down, having your tea or coffee or smoothie, whatever it might be, taking a walk in the park and then just going, oh, this is kind of nice. 
And then pretty soon you just want a little bit more. So that's really good, isn't it? The fact that you thought at the time you were being productive in your breaks, but a break actually means a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> how would you say to some of our listeners today of how you could just get started meditating? Because I find it really helpful listening to guided meditations, but some people, they like to look at nature and and do it with their eyes open or there's obviously no right way of doing it but how would you say you could get initially started that's such an excellent question Sarah that's like so important too and the reason why is because I think that sometimes we can feel intimidated by our meditation ritual or by our slowdown ritual or our exercise or whatever and really um just go with what you need. So I have been a longtime meditator, but I still listen to guided meditations because um, the the benefit of a guided meditation is uh, for me, I, I work, I'm involved in a lot of things. So my mind is kind of racing um, for most of the day. But when I meditate, I need a transition. I need something to transition me from that kind of frenetic state to uh, slowly allow my energy to settle down. But some people who might not have such an engaged lifestyle, really a guided meditation might kind of irritate them because they're already at that state where they're open and receptive and calm. So they're already able to just sit down and and really feel this inner stillness inside. So I think it just really depends on your lifestyle. Um, I go through busy seasons. And um, so during the season when I'm busy, I listen to guided. But when I'm not so busy, I wake up in the morning and I'm just out here where I am now. I recently moved, but I live somewhere else where I was outside. I try to meditate outside as much as possible, but I live in Florida, which is more conducive weather-wise to outside activity. Hiring and Mary's amazing backdrop. Oh, thank you. The sun is coming up um, right now. Um, but yeah, so it really just depends. Um, you know, I really... Uh, when my children, I have two boys, when they were young, I uh, would meditate in the car because I was so busy um, driving to and from their activities, plus, you know, all the things that I was doing as well, that I would find that, you know, the time when I feel stillest uh, is actually in the car when I'm waiting for them. You know how sometimes you can't go in their activity or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I would wait out in the room with the other parents and it was just gossip, gossip. And I would just feel kind of, sometimes it was nice to connect, but other times I would just feel like I'm just going to step away, but it was too far to drive home and come back and pick them up. So I would just sit in my car and meditate. And there would be like some noise, people walking by every now and then, but it was great because I still felt really calm. So you really don't have to have this serene location to meditate. You really just, you know, make your meditation ritual a little rough around the edges. You know, don't be too intimidated by your meditation ritual. It doesn't have to be perfect. If it's perfect, 
maybe, you know, you need a little more going on in your life because we're not <laughs> monks and caves, you know, <laughs> we're busy people. <laughs> so. It's very true. I think as well, people have to, I find that people like, not a rule, but I think a lot of people, for example, pray and they have a specific religion. So say, for example, um, someone is a practicing Buddhist. Yeah. It's quite open-minded Buddhism, but there are some parts of Buddhism which may not suit you. So you don't mm-hmm. have to follow the religion religiously. Yeah. Meditation. I mean, is that what yeah. you would say as well? No, it's true. Um, so... Meditation um, can be a spiritual practice. Um, one of the reasons why um, I have a, a podcast, a daily meditation podcast, and I do it daily because consistency is really the key to um, your, our brains are um, like, you know, a, a machine in a way. It's, it's a muscle, actually, I should say a muscle. Um, when you work out and you know, you're building your muscle. Well, the prefrontal part of your brain is what is impacted as you meditate. And this is the part of the brain that helps to calm your mind and body. And it's also the part of the brain where reasoning takes place. So the fight or flight is more towards the back part of the brain. And so um, when you meditate, you strengthen this area. So you still experience stress, you still experience Um, all the emotions that humans will always experience. But when you meditate, you're able to manage or process those emotions better. So you still kind of get surprised or stressed, but then you, it's like you have a longer pause between you, between the stimulus and the action or the reaction. So you are better able to manage your stress and Uh, so that's really what meditation does. Some people feel very spiritual in that place where, because you feel your heart calm down and open up. And so you feel open and things just make more sense in your life. You're because you're processing the reasoning center of your brain is being activated. Mm -hmm. So when they make more sense, you feel more connected to other people. You feel uh, connected to your higher self. And for, for many people that can be just the best part of who they are being the best person they can be for other people. It can be, you know, wow. You know, I feel the presence of God. So there is no dogma in meditation whatsoever. Some religions use meditation to get people to that state of experiencing God. And, um, You know, I lived in Japan for five years and I studied a lot of the different, um, the Japanese tea ceremony, the Ikebana. Um, I studied also with Buddhist monks and um, really it's not um, a religion in any way. It's, It's scientifically proven now. There's so much more and more research showing how, especially mindfulness meditation, calms you, um, your mind, body better than almost anything else. But it's a good question because a lot of people think, oh, you know, um, I can't do this because 
it's against my religion or it's some weird bizarre, like, do I have to suddenly have, um, you know, Indian symbols around my home or something? And you don't, <laughs> it's uh, meditation takes place in cultures across the world. Yeah. It might be called different things, but it's really calming your mind and your body, but it has a definite reaction in your brain when you meditate. So you also say on your podcast, which I really like. So when you are meditating consistently, it does have an effect on other people around you. And that positivity sort of spreads and the calmness spreads as well. And I really like that side because I used to be <clears throat> very, very, I'd say feisty and quite <laughs> outspoken. <laughs> My mum's listening. That's right, Jeanette. <laughs> so now I think what you said earlier on reflection, I don't just bite straight away. Now I, I'm much calmer and I do really think it helps so much in that respect. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, le I'm leaning down because the sun is coming up and it's full and bright and I don't have my sunglasses. So. <laughs> in there, Mary, aren't you? That it's like 30 degrees. <laughs> the sun's just so bright over here in Florida. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think um, what you said, I, you really have some great insight on this. I appreciate the things that you've said because um, you're right. It uh, there have been studies where it takes um, like less than ten seconds for us to pass someone, a stranger, and we can sense intuitively what kind of mood they're in. And it's because that's what we've been programmed to do from the time we're children before we even learn a language. Children can tell, like a baby can tell if someone's angry, you know, even though they don't have the use of language, you know, we, we sense these um, emotions or vibes from people. And so one of the best things you can do for other people, and I'm sure Jeanette <laughs> will agree with you, <laughs> is, that, is to be calm and meditate because it is contagious. It's just like, fear is contagious too, or joy. And so whatever emotion we are emitting, it is contagious. And that's why I think, um, you know, people will say, oh, wherever you are, there you are, you bring yourself. And I think that environment is, they, they say, um, stronger than will, because, um, when you move from one place to another, you kind of absorb your environment. And I've had the opportunity because I love to travel and I love to live in other places um, to live in 12 different locations around the world. And everywhere I go, I feel a certain way. Like it's, you know, I live in the United States now, but when I lived in Japan like that, I felt most at home in Japan, which is a vastly different country. But um, for me, I, um, I guess I liked the formality a little bit and the rules. And I think Britain is that way as well. You know, I think it's um, the UK. Everyone's like really shaking it's, their head now, like, our country is absolutely ridiculous at the minute. <laughs> well, the whole world, I know, we were talking previously, is a little bit off or ridiculous, but we'll get back on track. And what you said is this is a nice time to get back on track. But 
Um, I think that, um, that, you know, the UK has more um, kind of like mannerisms or tradition. And I really liked that because the US, which I also love, you know, the free spirit and everything, but I mean, the polished kind of mannerisms and behavior, um, you know, uh, my family actually came from the UK. Maybe that's why I feel comfortable with that. My, my grandma. Yeah. So, um, but she, um, you know, she always had tea. She um, was very polite um, and just the formality traditions were really important. And in Japan, that's really what the whole culture is like. And I felt really comfortable there. I feel more comfortable there than I actually do. And in other places too, um, I feel more comfortable. So I think your environment is really important. So really, if you want to be calmer, and that's often the reason why you might meditate, you might not be able to you know, move your location, but you could um, include in your circle of influence, your circle of friends, um, you could include um, people who, who are also trying to slow down or who are also trying to um, just live a better life of self-improvement and that will, that will help you and, and other people will notice. So you might be able to, you know, they might, they might say, um, wow, you know, you responded to that rude person who was really rude to you. You know, you really handled that well. And you, you, you know, they'll notice things or maybe you didn't respond well, but then you were able to calm yourself down, you know, pretty well afterwards. Um, and, you know, they just will notice something and then that, that raises them up as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And there are a lot of stressful situations, not only obviously, cause this is a dance podcast, but I'm trying to move it away from that and sort of integrate every, every part of life, because there's going to be stressful moments and there's going to be people that are going to push your buttons, so to speak. And I just think being angry is a wasted emotion. And the sooner you learn that, the, the better you will feel in the long run. It's so true. Um, they're life, lifelong skills. And one thing that's been really interesting for me is um, hearing the young people meditating, how many young people are meditating. In fact, they're kind of leading the pack, you know, so with all the things going on in the world now, um, I think the young people, the younger you know, generation is really leading the pack for maybe the first time in history, I don't know, um, maybe ever, where the young people are really getting it um, over some of the other generations, um, older generations, because they're noticing things that, um, are wrong because there are a lot of things going on that, you know, should change. And so, um, many, many people who are young are meditating. Um, so at such a young age and even teachers are sharing meditation in their classrooms. And, um, I think that meditation will be like exercise, like fitness. I remember, um, it was back a long time ago <laughs> for, for you. Um, it was in the, um, like the late eighties and I was living in Spain and, um, I was exercising. I was jogging down the street and it wasn't mainstream 
in Spain to do that. And I remember moms pulling their children like away from me, like she's doing something really wrong, you know, to be jogging down the street. Really? <laughs> That's so strange. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and now you would just think what jogging, everyone jogs, yeah. but that wasn't the case in the late eighties in Spain, you did not jog down the street. You know, it was just like, you would go somewhere to, you just wouldn't like be so free with jogging. And now like, I'll go somewhere, I'll go to a busy airport and I see people meditating or doing their yoga postures. And so I think that that's how meditation is and yoga and a lot of calming modalities essential oils, you know, you see, I went to a conference, um, a while ago and it was so neat to see people had their essential oils, you know, and they would just like inhale them, cup their hands and inhale them, you know, during the conference. And I just think that it's something that is here to stay and, and grow. And that will be good for our world too. Um, but it, it starts with your own world. It starts with, um, you really just realizing you know, like I, I just need something, you know, to feel a little calmer because it's really frenetic. And I think the reason why we need it so badly these days is because, um, the whole world is in our face, you know, we're not really designed to handle what happened in this country. Oh my God, because we care we're, we're human. So we, we really care what happens around the world. It's not like you can go, Oh, you know, this happened in that country. Oh, well, it's so far away. It's not like you feel that way. You, you feel it, you feel uneasy and you, and so we're not designed to impact all that's happening in the world, but that's what we are facing. And so, um, we need a way to calm our minds and body more than ever because of that. I don't think it was like that so much. I think that naturally our societies were calmer and more connected. And so um, we, we didn't really need, uh, I think it's always good to have some kind of way to calm yourself at any time, but it, there just wasn't, it wasn't necessary. We, our levels of stress were not elevated so much as they are today. Yeah. Everything's on Instagram now, yes, in the news, it's scaremongering everyone. There's so much bad, but there really isn't. There's so much good, yeah, so much good. And you've got to obviously, you have to have compassion, especially with what's going on right now. People are losing family members, and it's a really hard, tough time for everyone at the minute. But I, I think you're right, there's so much on offer in every sense you know you can look at your phone and order this and order that and go on this and look at this and compare yourself to that and that in itself just five things it's just overloading your brain especially as young people it must be overwhelming yeah well um you know I think what you do with dance is I was reading um research which I'd like to share on the podcast one of the reasons why I share research on the podcast before I do a guided meditation is because you don't really get it until you understand it mentally a lot. You can't feel it in your heart is especially in Western cultures. 
we need to understand things kind of mentally. They need to sort of make sense. And meditation has such a rich, amazing history. And there's a lot that goes with it. So people, you know, when they calm down or close their eyes, they're not sure really what they're supposed to be doing. So then they kind of miss it and they get bored or think it's like just zoning out or boring. And that's not what it is. But um, I wanted to say that I was reading some research about um, dance and dance also engages your brain minute many different areas of your brain you probably already know and it's unbelievable how good it is for you <laughs> unbelievable and how you know um I'm going to a dance I'm going to dance after after this it's just like a group dance class um but I um you know we should dance always like even in your 90s and I recently started learning the tango. It's really popular in Florida where oh, I live. <laughs> thank you. There's a, a large, um, there's a large population from Latin America in Florida. So the tango is really popular. And um, so there are some of the best dancers are like these couples who've been together and they're in their nineties and eighties dancing and Oh. That's how it should be. And I think if we dance, we kind of tap into our highest self and each person dances differently. It's an expression. And I think with art in general, that I was also reading in this book, how um, we shouldn't just like limit ourselves to, oh, you know, I've got a learn how to do something or we should do it in a group and we should, you know, share it and do performances, but we should always do it. Even if, you know, we don't have to be good or it doesn't have to be a certain way. Everyone should just be doing these things. And I think that sometimes we feel like, well, unless we're a professional dancer or unless we're a professional artist, we don't really do that because, you know, that I, that's not like my skill. Um, and so then we just get into these funnels where I'm this way. So I do this thing, but we need to embrace the arts. Like everyone needs to dance, everyone, especially dance. You know, we all need to do art. We, we all need to develop this part of ourselves. And I think then that would also balance our brain more. I completely agree. I think a lot of people are so hard on themselves. And I have had a couple of kids that have been with me for like 10 years and they've said at the moment, I just can't continue because I'm really struggling with it at the moment with school and the balance. And it's because they're very competitive. And like you said, they think in their mind, right? Okay, I'm, I'm doing this class and I need to be um, at this level because everyone else is at this level. But well, I think what they don't realize is as teachers, we don't care as long as you're having an amazing time and you're mm. learning and progressing. We don't want you to be the number one dancer in Warrington. <laughs> yeah. no, like, that would be great if you are, fantastic. And if you want to have a career in dance, that makes me, you know, ecstatic. I feel like I've, I've done my job and that's amazing, but I feel like I've also done my job just as well, if not better, if you're not comparing yourself and you are um, escaping in class and not comparing and going, oh, well, she does 50 dance classes a week and I only do two. So that means, you know, sometimes I can see the level of anxiety in, in 
not only the kids, but in professional dancers, we, we have this conversation all the time. And I just don't think you should compare yourself. I think it's all about you and your journey in every respect. Dance, yeah. Education, relationships, having yeah. children, just, just be individual. And that is cool. <laughs> You're so right. And one thing, um, that dance helps you to do. That's why they said in this book, everyone should dance. Yeah. It's and, and in cultures, we all used to dance. There'd be community dances. People knew certain dances, everyone would do it. And, but when you dance, you get in touch with your body and we're so out of touch with our bodies. And so that's why it's really hard to calm our minds because when your body is calm, it's not until your body is calm that you can relax. So when you're in touch and in tune with your body and your movement, dancers are the best meditators. People who dance are the best meditators because they're very in touch with their bodies. And one thing that I always share every single time um, on the podcast, but especially on the app, when I do a full half hour guided meditation. That's not for everybody, but for those people who want that. Um, I always say, okay, you know, begin to calm your mind and body, get in tune with your breath because your breath and your mental state are interconnected. And that has to do with how you feel in your body. So it starts with your body, calming your body. And um, so I always say, notice where you feel tension in your body right now today and see if you can name that emotion. Where do you carry that in your body? Because it manifests in your body. And um, so dancing is a beautiful way to get in touch with your body. And then it'd be great to meditate after you dance because you've um, been able to express yourself, even if you're doing a structured type of dance you're still expressing yourself in your own unique way absolutely and there's another thing that I say to the kids in class so we do a lot of ballet because ballet is the foundation of our dance and yeah it's I think in their mind that, that because it's so hard ballet it's so structured and linear they have to have this arm here they have to have this and I'm like you need to perform more just enjoy it more it's not supposed to be stressful like maths <laughs> just enjoy it and overperform. even when you're at the bar in your living room and they almost think I'm, <laughs> I'm so hippy dippy <laughs> but I think you really really you're spot on it's just it's um an extension of of you and your soul and how you're feeling and sometimes cry if you're upset you know when you dance and have a little cry and that that's fine I think people are afraid of getting emotional being vulnerable and there's nothing better I think than than crying having a cry having a little hug with you with your mom or just silently on your own when you're meditating or you're doing a routine and hmm it's where the passion is. Um, yes, I live um, in an area that is touristy. And so there's an, um, a section of Sarasota called St. Armand Circle. And in the circle, there are often musicians. And last night I went um, and I was walking with my gelato around the circle. And uh, there was a, a young boy and 
he um, is probably 16 years old and he was playing a cello. And there were other people too, um, you know, along the, there are little, several mini circles where musicians perform. And he was so passionate. Like you could feel not in an outward ego way, because that's different, but he was feeling the music. He was one with the cello. You could just feel his whole body. The crowd knew it. And we all felt that. And so, you know, maybe he wasn't like the best cellist, but it was the, the emotion. And so you could really feel that. And that's what matters. I mean, it doesn't matter if, you know, you can stretch as much or jump as high or perform this move the best. What matters is how you make people feel, not how you make yourself feel, you know, feeling, oh, I did this, you know, I'm so good. That was a really good, you know, one. It's, you know, how did others respond? And um, our sons, I remember when they were in school, um, you know, they loved soccer or different sports and they would be so excited when they were little. And then it got to be where only the very best could be on a team. You know, you're, you're on, and even in school, their schools, it was only the very best top going to pro athletes that um, were on the teams. And they, um, one of our sons um, really loved lacrosse and he like was invited to the, the top team. And he said, I don't want to go on the top team because I want to go to college and not live my life doing lacrosse. I want to you know, do other things too. And so then there was no alternative really to, for him to play lacrosse, even though that's his passion. And he was you know, um, very talented at it. He just didn't want to go to, you know, where you're practicing living and breathing lacrosse. So there was no, nowhere for him to go. I mean, they had like these kind of volunteer community lacrosse leagues, but it was just people who some had never played. There was really nowhere for people who were just really good, but they wanted to still play without being on a team that traveled and you had to practice literally seven days a week. So it was sad. So he gave up lacrosse, something he loved. Yeah, that's really sad. And I feel like that's another common theme as well with children. I feel like if if they don't want to do it and they feel like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's pressure from the surroundings or from yeah. the parents or from themselves. They want to fit in. But it's isn't that a shame that he had to quit something that he really loved? It, it is. It's like in our society, we... Um, don't really often value these traditions are, you will find that, you know, people are experiencing the same thing. They're experiencing stress at amazing levels as, you know, the West is experiencing stress. And also this, but there is more community like dance where everybody knows this particular dance and they all do it and across the generations and it's a way to connect the generations and you know the generations are really splintered now because we've lost that connection that binds us all and so when you do calm your mind and body and you meditate we can all do this together and we can all 
connect together. And so if we could bring this more and more into whatever we do, then maybe we can bring back some of those connective activities where we're, we're not, when we don't meditate and we live, you know, more based on stress, your flight or your fight or flight response region is um, in the back of your brain. Well, according to yoga and meditation, this is also where your ego is based, the medulla oblongata, that little dip behind the back of your head. And so when you're um, at that level, then you're doing things more ego-based where you know, you're in a company not to serve the world, you're in a company to serve you know, the salaries of the you know, top echelon of the company. They don't really often even care about their employees. You know, they're just you know, expendable employees and, um, or where leaders are egomaniacs or um, just you, know, you see this in life, you know, even the person at your local um, store, it, you know, there's this pecking order that develops in the society where we are so, you know, competitive and ego-based. It's not about us anymore. It's about, um, you know, what, what's better for me, what's going to make me better. And you see that in, you know, how we treat the environment too. And so meditation really is a way to activate the reasoning center of the brain so that we make more rational decisions that are better for all of us. And go back to compassion as well. Like yeah, the levels of compassion some people have none. And you, you can see, like, for example, I went to the shop today and I don't, like I said, I don't get angry, but there was a guy in there and he was coughing. And he had no mask on. And I was just like, mate, just put your mask on. Just put your mask on. Like he literally had it down here. And I was like, come to play the game. Like we've been in this for a year. Are you okay? And I was just like, I turned into like an old person and I was a bit like, hmm. And when I walked out of the shop. But you know, it, it is about being um, compassionate and thinking about others as well. And I think mm -hmm. when you do meditate, you do become, you do think of others. And like you said, the environment, you think about the knock-on effect that you are having. Like, do I really need this brand new, ridiculous pair of trainers? No. You know, <laughs> am I going to recycle? It's all these extra thoughts, I think, when you are in tune with yourself and I personally think that meditation opens up so much because you do want to learn more about it, like the yoga side, the breathing side, which I'd love to talk about as well, breathing techniques. Yeah. So reading up more and finding out more about, say, for example, Buddhism and and the breath. So breathing techniques. I love the breathing technique. We've done this on the podcast with one of my friends, actually, the the nostril breathing, but I also love yeah. the counts in and then the six count hold and then the breath. yes oh, that's my favorite. yeah yeah no um you know with a breathing technique um a lot of people forget the count or like the nostril breath I mean really if you just um alternate inhaling and exhaling with one nostril plugged um because like I mentioned before um, some people feel really intimidated by that like oh I'm doing this technique I, am I doing it right or um and 
so I like to share really pretty simple techniques um, and on a podcast, you can't demonstrate. And so um, I try to just share simple ones, but one of the most powerful techniques that you can do is of course that even breath where um, you do it to a, any count that feels right for you. Um, like where you inhale and exhale through your nose. And when you do it, like some people are like, ah, and it's like, that's actually activating <laughs> your, you know, um, nervous system in a way that's more hyperactivated. So if you inhale smoothly and evenly through your nose and exhale smoothly and evenly through your nose, because when you inhale through your mouth, it's more activating. So, and you want to cleanse toxins. So, you know, just inhale through your, and your nose, inhale and exhale through your nose. When you want to calm your mind and body, there are more energizing techniques that you can do where you, um, you know, breathe with your mouth. And, um, so when you inhale and exhale, try to just make it smooth and even. And if you can just simply hold the pause between the inhale and exhale that is where the magic happens yeah it definitely is and if then just like inhale just go with your don't try to control your breath that's another important thing so just like notice so sometimes throughout the day i'll notice oh i'm you know i'm kind of getting a little agitated so i'll just kind of notice my breath and go yeah i am you know so then i'll just um close my mouth and just start to notice where I'm feeling agitated in my body, where I'm holding it. I try to name that emotion and, and I'll think, well, don't try to go, oh, well, if I'm sad, I need to be happy. <laughs> don't, you know, experience emotions. That's why we have them. Just go, you know, but I can still experience this emotion in a way that's going to be okay. So maybe you're feeling depressed because of being in lockdown or not able to be with loved ones. So you're thinking, I feel really isolated and depressed. I realize how much I need people and that's okay. Um, what I could do is maybe I can't be with this person. So when you start to slow your breath, your reasoning center kicks in. So you think, um, well, maybe I could, we could go for a walk, a social distancing walk, or maybe we could zoom. I really feel like I need to be with someone, but the Zoom is going to be okay. Let's just Zoom or call. And um, so then you start to calm your nervous system down. And if you, while you're doing that, you'll notice that your breath naturally calms down. So you'll notice that it naturally becomes slower and a little higher up in your nose. And, and so then you're, you're feeling pretty good. You're, you know, you're able to reflect on things in a much better way. You're still feeling kind of, you know, you're still longing to be with people or longing for the pandemic to be over or what it, whatever it might be, but you are, um, <laughs> there's like a ray of sun over my head. I know. Like you're an angel. <laughs> that would be cool if we could have things like that all the time. <laughs> but <laughs> New Instagram filter. <laughs> yeah the sun's rays they're healing they're um but uh yeah, yeah. honestly oh, yeah. if you go out in nature when you do this honestly there's a lot of research show too that shows um especially coming out of japan where you we in, 
inhale a lot of um, what nature emits constantly. And we, we inhale that within our bodies. And um, I think they're called phytoncides. I can't remember. Don't, that might not be correct, but uh, we inhale this and it, it has even been shown to help reduce cancer tumors. And it's very healing. We are very connected with with nature. That's why it's hard for people to be inside on lockdown. Um, but yeah, if you can go outside and social distance, wear your mask and it, it's all, you know, you can still manage it. Um, but when you're doing the inhale and exhale, you know, just, just notice your breath and a, lo a lot of people throw their breath out, the exhale out, but you want to make it as if they're just like, I want to throw that stress out of my body. But really, you are throwing the stress out of your body when you're able to manage your breath with more evenness and control. It's like in ballet, if you, you know, lifting your leg up and down, you know, it's, it's if you can control that, if you can, you know, um, you know, not use just like your momentum, but like really the control, how you want to express it. Right. And yeah, and try to hold the pause between the inhale and exhale a little bit longer each time. And that will really calm your mind and body. So you don't have to worry about a count or breathing through a nostril. In fact, I will say if you're new to meditation or these calming techniques, those can actually, um, your nervous system might not be ready for, for, for that. So um, just start small and work your way up. Maybe on the weekends, Google a YouTube video, or you might have a class or an instructor or some course that you're taking even online where someone's guiding you through those techniques. But uh, really just start with where you are. That's what's important. So would you mind doing a, a five minute meditation with us? Sure. Yes. Okay. So you always want to sit up straight. Now you can, you know, you can be lying down if you want, but you're likely to fall asleep, but you might just want to start there and fall asleep. That might be great. <laughs> um, but when you're fine is straight, then you're um, more focused. Your, your brain is more focused and um, then close your eyes. And as your eyes are closed, if you could raise them to the point between your eyebrows, which in yoga and meditation is referred to as a spiritual eye. And it's also where your prefrontal lobes are located that you're calming down in your brain. And um, or you're actually activating and strengthening this that helps you to calm your emotions and try to just consciously keep them uplifted as you meditate and just notice your breath and inhale and exhale through your nose. And now notice your emotional state. How are you feeling? How are you doing? Check in. And see if you can name this emotion you're experiencing. Notice if you feel this emotion anywhere in your body.
And as you breathe, know that it's okay, whatever you're experiencing. And allow your breath to create a little space where you might feel tension or tightness in your body. Allow your breath to kind of open up this area. If it's a thought that you can't seem to let go of, just allow your breath to calm this thought. And now on your next inhale, draw your breath inward and upward. See if you can feel your breath move to the point between your eyebrows. Circulate around your brain. Nourishing your thoughts, nourishing your body cells. holding that pause, and when it feels right, exhale gently and evenly through your nose. Releasing tension and also allowing your body to be calm. And when it feels right again, inhale through your nose. Again, drawing your breath inward and upward. Think about an emotion you'd like to feel right now. And as you hold the pause between the inhale and exhale, deepen this emotion, draw it out within your body. Where do you feel this emotion in your body? Create expansion there. Holding that pause. And when it feels right, as you release your breath, feel as though you're saturating your body with this beautiful emotion. And now one final inhale through your nose, drawing your breath inward and upward, feeling the emotion you just cultivated, feeling it expand a little more within you. As you hold this pause between the inhale and exhale, deepen this emotion, keeping your eyes gently elevated upward. And when it feels right, again, release your breath through your nose, immersing yourself in this beautiful sensation you've created.
and you can meditate for as long as you feel comfortable doing so. Always end your meditation on a high note where you could meditate just a little bit more. End it at that point. Every day will be different. Every day you greet different emotions, different people honor each day and each moment. You want to come out of the meditation, go ahead and just gradually open your eyes and move your fingers and hands and begin to come back to your senses, your body. And just look around the room where you are. You can move your head. And you may feel a sense of lightness. You may feel a little more peace. And if so, that's perfect. Oh, thank you so much, Mary. I feel so chilled and <laughs> You looked so peaceful. I wish, I mean, I should have taken a picture, a screenshot. It was like the perfect meditation. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Thank you so much. I feel so lucky because I listened to your um, app, which is absolutely amazing, by the way. You can download yeah. and... I listen to it every day as I meditate and it's so bizarre that you're here talking to me and I was just doing that meditation then like I can't believe this oh wow well it, it's exciting <laughs> for me too to to see you know you meditate and and sometimes I think oh my gosh somebody's listening you know to my meditations but then I think you know I listen to other people's meditations and you too I'm sure you know you're sharing meditation people will listen to you so I think just pay it forward. <laughs> we need the extra piece for sure. We definitely do. Oh, thank you so much for coming on today, Mary. It's been enlightening. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to meet you too, Sarah. Thank you. And I really admire what you do. I think what you're doing is so important. Dance is just a beautiful way, a beautiful expression of who we are and to get back in touch with our bodies. Yeah, and I hope that everyone that's listening today has gotten so much out of this as we have spoke a lot about dance and how it does create so much happiness and not stress. Just let it happen and let it be natural to you and enjoy just, as you said, just dancing and moving your body. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, we'll have wow. a fabulous rest of your day because you're at, what, eight o'clock in the morning, is it? Yeah, 8.15. So yeah, I'm getting ready. I'm going to uh, get my uh, dance clothes on and go dance. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> the best dance class in the world. And Thank you. Well, I would love to take your dance class sometime. If I go to the UK, I would love to meet you and maybe do a class. Yeah, maybe <laughs> soon, hopefully. Or come to Florida. <laughs> yeah, I might just move. <laughs> yeah well you can't leave your students they need you there <laughs> a coach I could zoom from Florida that would be very cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh well take care Mary you too thank you and and I just um I wish all of your students all of you the very best and I really um just honor yourselves for wherever you whatever you're doing whatever you're doing wherever you are honor yourself Take care, Mary. <laughs> you too. Bye.
thank you so much to all of our guests for coming on to the podcast and thank you for our sponsors take a look in the show notes for all the sponsors information along with our guest information have a fantastic week thank you for listening please rate subscribe and have a fantastic week bye